Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of season three of Uncap It. It's your hosts, Kennedy and Haley. And today we're going to be talking about a very important topic to both Haley and I, women in leadership. Right. But more generally speaking, we want to just talk about leadership in general and our experiences with leadership and important leaders in our lives before we get into talking about women in leadership specifically. So before we dive into that, we wanted to talk about the different kinds of leaders that are in the world and in our lives. So there's basically two different kinds. There's the appointed leaders who are either like a political leader or somebody who's appointed to their role in leadership. Or there's people who are just seen as leaders based on the responsibilities they take on and the personality that they have. Right. And I feel like you can see both of these kinds of leaders basically anywhere in the world. It's not really conducive just to like one specific like job field or anything. I feel like there can be multiple leaders too, like in one position, because like you said, you're going to have those appointed leaders that have that official title, but then there's also going to be people that step up and take on the role of a leader. Right. And like you said, they're definitely everywhere in the world because leaders are formed everywhere. We need a leader in almost every situation that we're in. Right. And since leaders are, as you said, all over the world and in every sort of realm, it's obviously important that we have good leaders. And I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about what a good leader looks like to us and all that. Right. Absolutely. So I think everybody really looks for different qualities when they're looking for a leader. And for me personally, I think it's someone who has to have a lot of confidence in themselves and somebody that's able to set a good example for people around them. I think that's one of the most important characteristics of a leader because people are looking to you for your decision making skills. So if you're able to set a good example for the people that you are leading, you will be a much more effective leader. And I also think it's really important that leaders are in touch with the people that they are leading, essentially. I think it's very important that they know the group of people they're leading, depending if it's the president doing the whole United States or just in a small community, in a small organization. I think it's important that they know the wants and the needs of the people that they are in charge of. Right. And going along with that, I know one thing that I look for in a good leader is someone that's very down to earth. Right. And I think that's super important because they can know all these things about their followers and the needs and the wants of them. But if they can't really be approached, I feel like then that doesn't even matter. But I also look for someone that I feel like I can trust and confide in. Like You can be a really good leader, but if I feel like I cannot come to you when there's an issue or there's something like positive even that right. I want to bring up, then I feel like there's almost a disconnect between the leader and the follower. I feel like that goes along with a leader being approachable like you were talking about. I think mm-hmm. it's so helpful to be able to go talk to people in leadership positions because if they feel so like higher than everyone else that you can't talk to them, then they're not going to be able to be down to earth. They're not going to be able to know what people want. Right. And then that in turn makes their jobs more difficult because they can't lead if they don't know the desires of those that they're leading. Right. So speaking of the good qualities in a leader, who are some leaders in your life that have had kind of like a positive influence in your life leading up to now? Well, like we were talking about, I feel like leaders are everywhere in our lives. So I feel like I've encountered so many different leaders from so many different aspects of my life. Yeah, for sure. And most definitely my number one leader is my mom, of course. But that's just because (laughs) my mom was definitely very influential in my life and my sister's life, showing us that we can do whatever we want. And my mom was able to 
go to graduate school and she's been very successful in her career so it's always been great to look up and see my mom doing something that I would want to do yeah I feel like we don't really think of our parents as leaders very often because they're just like they're our parents right we don't yeah we don't really see our parents as people sometimes I think (laughs) like they just hold that role as a parent but you're absolutely right I feel like they're the first leaders that we experience in our lives especially as like younger kids it's like your parents and then people who are in like your extracurricular activities right and speaking of that I feel like the people that have had the most influence in my life in terms of leaders have been like coaches through different athletic absolutely yeah fields that I've been in whether it be track or gymnastics or even CrossFit now I feel like I've been able to see them in different leadership positions and almost take on that professional role while also being personable because as a coach you need to be able to have that one-on-one connection with them So those are definitely the people I feel like have shaped my perspective of what a leader should look like. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Like my dance teachers from when I was younger, all of those really shaped my younger perspective of a leader. And now that I'm older, somebody who I would consider like great leaders were the two attorneys I worked for over the summer. Okay. I think they were very charismatic people and they were able to show me that like being an attorney, you can still be strong and powerful and have those characteristics. The two women I worked for were super kind. They were super nice. They were super welcoming to me, but they also were able to show me that you can be kind and welcoming and have those same leadership characteristics. Right. Cause it was just the two of them that were like, yeah, it was just working. I guess you could say like they, yeah, they had their own firm, firm, just the two of them. So it was very nice to see like two women who just did it all on their own. Essentially, they wanted to have their own firm because they didn't want to be stuck in the like corporate cycle of bigger law firms. So I think it was good to see like women who are able to do it on their own. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of all of this and the importance of leadership, ICAP is trying to do their part to promote leadership within the Ada community but especially amongst young girls, because we have seen that this isn't really something that they are educated on, especially in school, but also just like in their social lives. Like it's not something that is brought up to them very often. Right. So we just had an event on campus last week and we were able to bring several different school girls in from grades six to eight. And it was our girls event. And it was a it was Girls Increasing Representation Leadership Summit that stands for girls. So that was our name for the summit. And it was really great because we were able to have two women in leadership roles we were able to have the mayors from lima and finley come to speak with the girls and it was really nice because they're from different political parties and it was great to have the girls be able to talk with them and see people who've come from their hometowns be so successful in leadership roles yeah so we had a couple different schools in the area bring in their students and they were girls grades six through eight which we feel like is a good target range because they can kind of under they're at the age where they can understand you know the importance of leadership and start to be educated on it but they also are so young that they haven't gained that education on it so it was a very good group to target with this summit right and while they were at our summit they were able to participate in a project that we gave them where they could identify a problem within their community and then develop a plan to resolve the issue and come up with a good solution for whatever problem they thought was influencing their community also icap has kind of had a role in another event that's happening on campus which is the women in leadership panel and that is happening tomorrow here at onu 
Right. So if you are a student on campus or a professor on campus listening to this podcast the day it comes out, please come to the panel tomorrow on April 11th. There are two sessions. There's a 9 a.m. session and then an 11 a.m. session. So if you're able to make either one of those, it'll be a great opportunity. Yeah, there will be five women speaking and they are from the different colleges on campus. So there will be women representing the arts and sciences, engineering, all that. So you'll get to hear a bunch of different perspectives. And this is taking place in the Mac Activity Center here at Ohio Northern. And this is the third annual Women in Leadership panel. So we're really excited that we're able to have this panel on campus and get to talk to all of these different influential women. Absolutely. So since our topic today was women in leadership, we wanted to bring in an ONU alumni. So today we have with us Christy McConnell, and she graduated from Ohio Northern with a BA in English Literature and Communications with a concentration in Broadcasting and Media. Currently, she is acting as a freelance consult to various TV production companies and podcast studios, such as Boardwalk Pictures, Salt Audio, Made Up Stories, and Wild State. Christy has held executive positions at All Three Media America, Shine America, and Stephen David Entertainment. Additionally, as a leader in the unscripted development, she has sold projects to Disney+, CBS, Fox, YouTube, Netflix, and many more. She currently serves on the Board of Arts and Science here at ONU, and she will be speaking at the Women in Leadership panel later this week, so we wanted to have her come on the podcast and share a little bit about herself before that panel. So thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right, so we're just going to jump right into our questions. Clearly, based on your bio, you have had a lot of success in your field, but when you began your career, did you ever imagine you'd end up in a leadership role? I think if like you'd asked me about it then, I would have told you probably, but I wouldn't have known the, the like shape or in what capacity that would have happened because you know, I'd held like offices in, in high school and I held leadership roles on, on campus. And um, so I think I would have told you, like, I think it's in my future. Or I'm pretty sure it's in my future, but I, I wouldn't have been able to tell you like in what way it would have taken form, you know, like over the years. I was like, I don't know. Yeah, totally. But, but who, we'll see. Yeah. You know, I feel like there are certain qualities that we tend to carry with us throughout our lives. So if we are a leader, pretty early on and in younger stages, it makes sense that we could see ourselves in those leadership roles. But I also completely understand not really knowing like where that path is going to go and what leadership role you could end up in. I think so. Because you think of like when you're in college or at Northern, right, and you're in different organizations and positions become available and you're like, yes, I would love to be, you know, on the board of this or the exec of that or whatever. But when you get out into kind of the real world, you're like, I guess it's a manager in the workplace or you're kind of wondering like, wait, will I be involved in different aspects like community service and will that be a leadership role or will I volunteer? And you just sometimes don't know. I mean, some people do, right? Some people are like, no, I know I will be a leader. Like Stephanie Spire, who I think spoke last year when we were in college, she was always like, I'm going to run for office one day. Like she knew right away. So she knew her like leadership track and I would have been like, yeah, I think yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I would be surprised if I'm not, but who knows? So. <laughs> yeah, that's totally understandable. I know Haley and I are both very involved on campus, so I can understand that mindset you were in in college and then transferring into the workplace. So 
as you were trying to pursue a leadership role throughout college and once you entered your career, who was one female that you really admired and inspired you to pursue a leadership role? Well, I would, I would definitely say it, this is not my answer, but uh, obviously it's my mom first and foremost, right? Like seeing how she navigated the world and the leadership role she took. But when I think of like, well, you know, sometimes you don't think of your parent as like the person. So the answer to your question for me would have been Alice K. Hildebrand. She was the vice president of student affairs at Ohio Northern. And she was the head of the office of career services when I was a student. And I was a peer career assistant or PCA when I was at Northern. And she really encouraged me to think about leadership. And she really was the, one of the first people to talk about cultivating your leadership, like understanding who you were as a person in a professional setting or in a leadership setting, understanding your strengths and weaknesses. And then when I graduated, she actually gave me a, like a parliamentary procedure notebook because she's like, I'm sure you're going to use this you know, once you graduate and move on in the world, you're definitely going to hold a leadership position again. And she's like, so here you go. Here's your graduation gift, which was an unusual one. But I think she was just really inspiring. And she was like kind of the first person I really saw as a mover shaker, right? She held really important positions at Northern, but she did it with so much grace and composure and had a lot of like attributes that I really admired and like wanted to, to cultivate. So she was my inspiration. I definitely love both of those answers. I'm totally someone who looks up to their mom so much. My mom is my best friend, and she definitely is the person who inspired me to know that I can go to law school, I can go to grad school, like I can achieve whatever I like. But I also think it's super interesting that you mentioned that it's someone from Ohio Northern, and I just think that goes to show that the connections we make in college and the connections that we're making here at ONU really can have that lifelong impact on us. So the mentors we have right now can really propel us into the future. For sure. And I would say she's honestly like my first mentor. Also, I don't know if I would have thought of it as, as then as a mentorship, but she was definitely the person, especially when I was graduating, right? And I was like, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? <laughs> have I made the right decision? You know, she was definitely someone I could go to and look for guidance and counsel. And she also had an incredible career prior to Northern, where she did so many things. And that was also really inspiring to me as well. Is like, you know, kind of looking at the bigger picture of you don't have to have everything figured out, right? You can bob and weave if you need to in your professional life and still find success and fulfillment and happiness. Like you, if you don't have all the answers figured out, like, you will be fine. It will be great. You know, don't worry about it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that everybody needs someone like that in their life to kind of almost bring them back down to earth and help them see their own potential. Because I know even as potential leaders and people that, you know, like Kennedy and I and you, we have seen ourselves as someone that could hold a leadership position from a pretty early age, but we all doubt ourselves sometimes and having that person that sees us for who we are and can remind us like, no, you're fully capable of this is always really great. It's great to have a mentor who tells you that it's okay to not always know what you're doing and also to have that person there to help you figure it out without putting all that pressure on you. Oh, for sure. I mean, I remember like being at Northern and, you know, turning from like 19 to 20. Right. And I was like, Oh, like, I'm now going to be an adult. I no longer have like teenager in my like age. And so I was like, I really want an adult card. Like I want someone to send me in the mail. Like here's your official adult card. And like, <laughs> here are the decisions you'll make. 
and this is how it will turn out. Or like, here's the system. If you decide to go this path, like, right, not every, every answer, but like, here's the general outline of your life. And, or if you take this path, like, here's the general outfit outline of that life. And, you know, that never showed up in the mail. And I was like, we're never going to know. You're always going to kind of like <laughs> wing it a little bit. Like, that seems vastly unfair. So yeah, it was really important to have people who've been in your shoes or obviously have that life experience more than you to say, it's okay. Like, you know, things will work out, especially if you, you know, have initiative, if, if you have a, you know, if you try, like things will happen for you for sure. Yeah. I'm definitely waiting for that adult card as well. Me too. I feel <laughs> like Guys, at this age, yeah, at this age, there's just so much uncertainty. Like you said, Kennedy and I are both 20. So we are trying to navigate that almost like in between stage of like teenage years yeah. and adulthood. And it's definitely scary so <laughs> yeah I just wanted to like, sit in my back pocket right you could flip take it out in an emergency like what law school do you go to okay let me look if I take this one exactly. this is the internship that would line up if it's this law school this is the opportunity like I just yeah I just want a slight roadmap it would so. be so nice yes <laughs> so nice so nice so your story clearly shows how much influence a female leader had in your life. What are some benefits to having women specifically in leadership positions? Okay. I was thinking about this question a lot. And my first like thought was to tell you all the ways women can be, or the benefits of women in leadership, which is, you know, I can totally answer that way. But I was talking to a friend about it. And once she said something, it kind of flipped the script for me a little bit. Cause she was like, Oh, she's like, wait, is that a biased question? Like a gender biased question? And I was like, oh, wait, oh my gosh, you're right. Because I feel like the intent behind your guys' question, and correct me if I'm wrong, right? It's to be like, here's all the amazing ways women make leaders, right? All the exceptional skills or life experience they bring to, to the table, correct? Right. Right. Okay. So, but what she was talking about, and it's totally true, is like, even with the best of intentions, positioning the question, with that wording, right, I have to then kind of make a case for you or prove a point or lay a foundation. And if I have to make a case or to you to be proven, then maybe you could disprove me. And, you know, studies show that women are more effective leaders than guys, right? Like studies show that women tend to cultivate skills that exceptional leaders have. And those are called soft skills, um, which really should be called like smart skills, but they're soft skills. And those are all the things of like high emotional quotient, right? Like high EQ, their conflict resolution, their listening, their motivational, their adaptability, their humility, their communication. It's all these things. And so if all this research shows this and, you know, multiple studies have shown that women make better leaders or have cultivated more of the traits that make for effective and successful leaders, then, like maybe the more interesting question that makes it less about women having to like prove their benefits. But maybe the more interesting question is what are the benefits of having men specific in leadership roles? I totally agree. I think in a lot of situations we always have to put like, Oh, this is the first woman to do this or, Oh, a woman in leadership. And although it's very important and I think we need to recognize the significance of women starting to take more leadership roles we definitely do have to realize at some point we need to stop questioning why women are in leadership roles and see that maybe they are better fit and we don't need to second guess ourselves with 
women being in leadership roles. Right. I feel like they shouldn't be seen as the exception almost. I feel like we tend to default to men as the like main example of certain positions. And I agree with Kennedy. I think that we, it's about time we stray away from that. Yeah. We like, what, I think you're trying to say like we try to justify it. Like right. here's why this person would be a great leader. And I read an incredible book recently. I don't know if you guys have much free time reading books for, for uh, other than schoolwork, but like I read this incredible book recently called um, Invisible Women, which is about data bias in a world designed for men. And honestly, like all the different ways, including work, right? It even went broken down how letters of recommendation may sound general neutral, but they're actually not depending on the descriptors that you use for like men versus women. Like women tend to be said to be hardworking or team players where um, sometimes with, with men, it's, they're described more as like brilliant or charismatic or decision makers. And it was just a really fascinating, like eye opening book for that simple reason where it was like, Oh, do we have to feel like we still have to make a case or should we just try to make it feel like this is, we should normalize it. You know, I don't know, but it's definitely ongoing. It's definitely forever evolving. Right. So I, fun fact, actually, I have read that book. I had to read it for a class. I want to say a year or a year and a half ago. And like you said, it was so eye opening to see all those statistics like laid out right in front of me. And yes, very good book. Highly recommend. So as we're talking about this, biased mindset we have around women and even as women in leadership ourselves we're still trying to like you say make a case for it or justify it and maybe it needs to be more normalized so what do you think is the most significant barrier to female leadership right now I mean this is a great question I would really say I do think it is the way that the the workplace and its systems and its structure and it, how it rewards people. I think it's how it was created to really kind of favor 50% of the population and how women, and it doesn't have to be just women, right? It could be like people of color or minorities, but women entering this workplace that they either have to assimilate into or navigate. And at the same time, there could be parts of the culture or the environment that they're excluded from based on gender and what I mean by that is like in an informal way you know some people call it boys clubs and it doesn't have to be intentional and it doesn't have to be malicious it can almost be in a like oh we never thought of that but you know when it's like workplace the company golf outing and so women do play golf for sure you know I don't know too many women who are playing regularly like 18 rounds of golf and you know if a guy there's a foursome and they're out on the golf course you know, that is four, four and a half hours of FaceTime with the boss that you might not get if you don't play, don't play golf or, you know, company baseball outing or a poker tournament that is being thrown or, you know, drinks after work. So like those informal settings, which are so important because that could be where some decisions are made that you're not privy to in the formal way, you know, women tend to get interrupted more in meetings. Women definitely have to have a double-edged sword of how they are perceived within a company, right? Like women tend to fare better if they're considered team players, nice, amiable. They're kind of, you know, asked to do kind of the like administrative work more. But at the same time, what's so interesting and something that like 
you kind of have to deal with is like being considered nice could be a double-edged sword because you might be being, being passed over for promotion if someone thinks you are too nice. And like it happened to me. It's happened my entire career. I was just starting out as an NBC page and I was up for a job and it was a job that would have been like high profile, even though it was like entry level. And one of my bosses I found out, or one of my managers, I don't, I don't remember if it, if it wasn't like he put me forward or he wasn't going to recommend me, but I asked him about it. And he was like, well, you know, in that role, you would have to say no to a lot of people. And you're just too nice. You, you're just too nice. You wouldn't be able to do that. And I remember being like, you don't know that. I think you're mistaking me being nice for like as a weakness or a, as a personality flaw. And I was like, that doesn't mean I can't say no to people. It doesn't mean I don't have a backbone or I can't stand my ground. I was like, you're mistaking like niceness as a weakness and it's not. And, you know, his response was, oh, I, I just didn't, I've never seen this like fire within you. If I'd known that, like I would have recommended you for the job. I was like, huh, okay. That's super interesting. And also like other ways too, you know, your appearance is important. Like you could, if you look young, right, that could be held against you. Like I've known a few women who had like lied up about their age because they want to be taken seriously. So they don't say they're 22. They might say they're 25 or they might, you know, say they're 28, even though they're 22 because they, they don't want their age to factor into promotion or a project they want to be assigned to. So there's like so many different factors and it's one of those things you could probably go on and on about. But I would say it's definitely the the workplace that was created. And one last thing on that, like what I think is so interesting is that changing the workplace, changing the culture, changing the situation, it's not history and it's not recent history. Like it is now, it is in the present. It's your mom's, it's your grandmother's, right? Changing the culture for the better to be more to have more quality to it. Like this is the nascent stage that you guys will be a part of as well too. You know, you look at Ohio Northern and, you know, President Bowman, like she's the first woman president. Like history is being made in 2022, 2023. So it's still happening. Like we still get to be a part of changing the culture and making sure that it it becomes more fair and more equal, more meritocracy. I'm definitely excited that Haley and I get to be in that generation that could make those potential changes within the workplace because I agree with the thoughts that most of these things are subtle things that people don't really realize are making a disparity between genders or like you said minority groups however I totally understand what you're saying about being nice and looking young because that has been a fear that I have as a very extroverted person a lot of people always perceive me as overly nice and I also look very young for my age Um, a lot of people don't even associate me being in college so it's always been a concern that once I do graduate law school that I'm still going to look very young and I'm not gonna gain the respect that you want as an attorney or as any woman in leadership but I think the double-edged sword thing is so real because when women are too far on the opposite side, when they are really driven in the workplace, they're seen as aggressive and they're seen as pushing it too far and they're not well-liked then. So it's a very fine line to walk as a woman trying to appease everybody but still make changes and better the workplace for women. Yeah, and I think like, yeah, usually the word they use is like difficult is usually the thing that's kind of the umbrella term that they'll use for someone. And you'll see 
it'll be interesting to see like when you go to law school because I think with women who who do not want their their age to be held against them you'll see kind of like they might dress a little bit older or they'll wear their hair back and up you know like you'll see like different ways that they try to camouflage it or maybe not maybe that doesn't happen anymore I'm not you know I'm not a lawyer so I don't know but I would say like you'll you'll probably start to see a little bit of like how wardrobe will like a factor into that absolutely yeah I think it's so interesting that you brought up age because I know that's a conversation that Kennedy and I have had several times because like she said she looks very young and I will be graduating law school at the age of 24 like recently turning 24 and I've said a thousand times over like who is going to take a 24 year old girl essentially serious in the legal field but like you said you know it's possible there are people clearly showing us throughout history that we can be just as if not more successful in those roles so yeah I don't know I think it'll be interesting to see as Kennedy said it's exciting to be a part of that up-and-coming era almost totally and I yeah I think age is definitely a factor and you might hear it in different ways too which is this is part of the navigation part right like being a younger woman definitely sometimes older men uh, that, and of a certain generation will call you like hun or sweetie yes. and <laughs> and I like and there's one thing like personally like I'm like I'm personally not like it doesn't ruffle my feathers I'm not like oh hey but then I take a step back and I'm like wait are you are you calling the guys champ or sport or are you calling <laughs> them hunter sweetie and then when they don't you're like they do not mean it in a bad way. They do not mean it maliciously. But right. then all of a sudden you're like, oh, but you do see me as a young girl or a young woman. And it's not, the, it's not the same. It's not the same. So Absolutely. So after speaking about all of these different obstacles, subtle or not, and that exists for females trying to pursue a role in leadership, how can we encourage other women to pursue leadership despite all of this? Well, I think first and foremost, it's starting with yourself. I think, you know, if you, right, it's, I think Gandhi said it was like, you know, maybe it's Eleanor Roosevelt. It was someone very smart, but right. It was like, be the change you want to see in the world. Um, And I think that's really important. So if you're looking and you're like, oh, I really wish there was more representation or more equality or diversity in this arena, in this, right, in this company or in this organization, apply for that job or apply for that role or apply for that, that like executive position. So I think it starts first and foremost with you. That being said, I've had a couple of like friends who have said, you know, I do not want the leadership role. They're like where I feel like I excel is in the support of it. So if that is you too, I would say it's about encouraging women, you know, like if you see something you think they would be great for, Tell them, tell them to apply, encourage them to apply. If you're in a room and something comes up and you're like, I know someone who would be great for that, say their name, speak it loudly, email someone if you don't want to speak in public, you know, really just start to champion, encourage, support other women. And I think lastly, it's like words matter. And that starts from such a young age. Like I remember I was walking into like, I don't know, like an old Navy or a Gap or something. And when you looked at the like, girl section the t-shirt said you can change the world and when I went to the boys section it was I can change the world and you know I went back I was like in the same store like a couple years ago and in the boys section was like I love video games and pizza and I was like same 
sign me up. I love pizza. <laughs> I wear the t-shirt all day long. And the little girl shirt said, you are enough, which is a very lovely sentiment. I agree. People are enough. But the fact of that, that societal responsibility on a, on a little girl shirt that she's supposed to be making strangers or her family at large, you know, like they feel like they're enough. It's the same thing where you then have to introduce the question, wait, am I not enough? You said I'm enough, but does that mean that I'm not enough or should I be thinking in that way? So I think words matter too. I think it's about using dynamic words for women and their leadership skills. I think it's about saying I can change the world versus you can change the world or use the inclusive we. We can change the world. But I think words also matter on that front too. Absolutely. And I really like how you brought up the fact that we should be there to kind of help other women and get them into leadership positions that we think that they should or would be good for. I know that we are definitely in a time where female empowerment is huge. And I know personally, like I love seeing my friends succeed in other things. And I feel like we're kind of stepping away from that time where it's all full of like jealousy and we just all want other women to succeed. So I think that that, like you said, is huge in helping people step into those leadership roles. Oh, empowered women empower women, you know? And I think, I think that, I think it's totally true. And it's like, well, the things like I get so excited for my friends successes because I, you know, it's really hard sometimes. So like, even just as in, in person in life in general, sometimes it's really hard to get the win or, you know, get the job or whatever it is you want. And so you do really want to champion it and you want to support it and you want to shout it out. So like, I try to do that with my friends, you know, something happens. I try to make sure, you know, on social media, like I say something because it's really important that you like shout out their successes. Absolutely. And I think it's really interesting that previously you brought up how younger girls clothes are even sometimes those subtle word shifts. Those words do matter in those young girls lives So aside from that, with words mattering to these young females, what do you think is one piece of advice you would want to give to the next generation who will be coming up as our next women leaders? Oh, good question. I think there's no such thing as a perfect leader, right? Like no leader has all the answers or knows the exact right thing thing to say in any situation. So I think if you, I think you have to be unafraid or if you're not afraid, try to be okay with making mistakes. Owning up to the fact, if you don't know something, just be honest about that. I don't know that. I'll have to look into that. I, oh, I'm unaware of that. Can you tell me more? Be unafraid to make mistakes because honestly, when you are not great at something or you make a mistake or you fail at something, that's usually the time you'll learn the most about yourself or a situation. It really gives you more time to reflect on things. So be unafraid, make mistakes, know that there's no such thing as um, perfect leaders, but every person, man, woman, you know, non-binary person who is a leader, learn from them. If there's any aspects of them that you really appreciate, like cultivate those aspects for yourself. Or conversely, if they say something, you're like, I would not, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that type of leader. Like learn from that too. So I think it's, you don't have to be perfect to accept a leadership position or role. Know that no one is. Try not to be too afraid of, of making mistakes and learning from your, from your leadership position. I think it's so nice to hear that 
leadership does not mean like perfection and I think young people especially put a lot of pressure on themselves to make every decision perfect make all the right moves and it's nice to hear that you don't have to be perfect because at the end of the day no one's perfect and no matter what role you end up in if it's a leadership role or not you don't have to be perfect all the time well you know like life's not perfect right and you might sign up for a role but there's a like you look at right the pandemic happened and you could see like how some companies handled it really well or schools or universities right and how some companies or schools universities like didn't right and it was and it, all people who were capable leaders who were smart leaders who were good at their jobs when you're you know handed a situation that's unprecedented you're really learning in real time as it's unfolding and so i think you definitely have to give yourself a little bit of grace in that in that way like life isn't perfect like why why are you striving to be honestly make the best decisions possible in the most informed way possible but you're still a human at the end of the day absolutely so we have one more question for you we have a segment on our podcast called factor cap it's essentially true or false but we just put a little gen z spin on it Mm -hmm. so i will read a statement and if you agree with it you will say fact and if you disagree you'll say cap and we've talked about a lot of influential women today, and our factor cap goes along with that. So our statement is, women belong in all places where decisions are being made. Fact or cap? Capital F, capital A, capital C, capital T, fact. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I agree. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing some of your experience and your leadership roles and how you've noticed those subtle bias things with against women. And we're hoping that we can be the generation that will change that for our children and our daughters one day. That They won't have to question it as much when they're growing up. Well, thank you for having me. Honestly, it was a pleasure. Um, I really enjoyed listening to your podcast. And so I was, I was excited to be a part of it. So thank you for asking me to be on. Absolutely. Now, if you guys saw in the description of this podcast, we have a very, very, very special pup date. So we're very excited. This is monumental. And I'm going to let Haley take it away with our pup date this week. All right. So, yeah, as Kennedy said, monumental. Excuse my voice. There are some tears in the studio. It's an emotional time. And Sport is also in the studio giving me puppy eyes as we speak (laughs) because Sport has officially had his callback. So... It is Monday, and he will be going back at the end of this week to Fort Paws for his advanced training, which is so sad to think about. Obviously, very happy for him. Right. And as you guys know, we have been waiting for this moment for quite some time, so obviously this is the entire purpose of the program, but all that being said, this is going to be our last scheduled pub date for you guys since sport will no longer be with us in order to update you right it's definitely a very emotional time we're very sad to see sport go but we're very excited for all the things that he's gonna do as a service dog and he's definitely been our little pal for the past two years now on this podcast but we're hopeful that he'll be very successful with whatever handlers he gets placed with absolutely and even though this is our last formal and official pup date as i get updates from four paws i will make sure that you guys are aware of what's going on with him if he gets a placement or is having some success in advanced training. Any news that I get will be news for you guys. So this is not the last that you will be hearing of sport for sure. It's just our last official pup date. We'll keep you updated as much as we can. We'll post pictures, all this stuff. Absolutely. (laughs) 
Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. We hope that you enjoyed listening to us talk about women in leadership, some influential women in our lives, and with our guest. If you did, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and check out our social media. Our Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok are ONU underscore ICAP with two Ps. We'll see you guys next time. Bye, guys. Bye.